Hello, everyone. Kara Olker here, intuitive health coach and founder of Deep and Roots Health Coaching. I host my own podcast called Deep and Roots Podcast, and I do it all from Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it truly is the easiest way to make a podcast. And here's why. First off, it's free. Who doesn't love to be able to do things for free? And there are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Also, Anchor will distribute your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. By the way, you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. Pretty sweet, eh? It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. I personally love using Anchor to record and upload my podcast episodes. I get to choose my own intro and outro music. In case you were wondering, it's Tropics in the Beats section. And it's very user-friendly for this millennial who can't technology at all. (laughs) It's one and done. Then I schedule my episodes to publish whenever I want them published. For me, I schedule to publish every Friday because... Who doesn't love Fridays? Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hello there. You are listening to the Deep and Roots podcast. My name is Carol Olker. I'm an intuitive health coach and the founder of Deepened Roots Health Coaching. Check out what I do and the services I offer on Facebook and Instagram under Deepened Roots Health Coaching. You can also join my Facebook group, Reincarnated, called Busy Professionals Living with Gut Issues and Autoimmune Disease. Deepened Roots Podcast has been created to give listeners an inside look into my health coaching business, specifically my one-on-one 90-day program, which helps my clients establish habits that serve them in developing intuition around their thoughts and gut health. I use science and logic, and I also use the power of thoughts, feelings, intuition, and sass because authenticity is not an option in my world. You know what else isn't an option? Trusting your gut. If this appeals to you and you want to dive into your own abundant health journey, reach the hell on out to me. I'd love to hear from you. So let's get started. Welcome to episode 23. Hello, every single one of you. How are you feeling? We had one hell of a week last week, didn't we? Who's anxious? Who's relieved? Who's ready to roll up their sleeves and continue to make a difference in their community? I sure am, and any and every way possible. The big step was to get in your vote, make it count. Now's the time to listen, learn, and act on how we can make our communities better places to live for everyone of all backgrounds. Also, real quick, I want to give a shout out to Stacey Abrams. She originally ran for governor in the state of Georgia in 2018, and she lost. Ms. Abrams kept demanding a recount and that the votes in the more blue counties weren't being counted, voter disenfranchisement. 
And a lot of people were literally calling her a sore loser that she didn't know what she was talking about, but she stuck to her truth. She mourned her loss hard, got back up quickly, and literally dedicated her life to register 800,000 Georgians to vote. 800,000. And you know what? Those 800,000 registered voters, some probably didn't think their vote mattered. For some, maybe it was the first time they ever registered to go vote. Or maybe some needed to change their address or didn't even know how to register to vote or all of the above and then some. And Stacey Abrams reached out and helped these 800,000 people. Together, they tilted those uh, votes and it went from red to blue, especially regarding the president. Isn't that powerful? That's some hardcore standing in your truth right there. It is completely true that the strength of a black woman is underrated and taken advantage of time and time again. If we let these amazingly strong black women inspire us instead, Imagine how great of an impact that would be. I mean, really. And I talk about current events and inspiring people on my podcast about gut health routinely because standing in your truth is so much, is so important for your overall health, including your gut health. Listening to your gut, meaning peel away your wounded narrative you play in your head on repeat. You listen to what truly is speaking to you what is essential for a healthy life in all areas of your life. You stand in your truth and you're sitting in the driver's seat of your health and and your life in general. It doesn't mean that life isn't hard or that you don't feel pain. It means that you are open to all the possibilities of life that life gives you. Because closing yourself off to any of it means closing yourself off to the possibilities that you can have in your life. It's cheating yourself out of being all that is truly you. And you don't know who that is until you open yourself up and allow yourself to fall in your face until you stick the landing. Then fall again to stick another landing. One of the ways that we as humans tend to close ourselves off is in our diets. And it's also one of the ways that we as humans can find our way to ourselves. That's why I've talked about two different approaches to eating the last two podcast episodes. One, to highlight the fact that many people still adhere to the food allowance approach. And two, to highlight that taking time to listen to what your body needs is something you need to be in the driver's seat of. So that how you eat reflects your overall way of life. And that's what that's what brings me to this week's final popular diet, the keto diet. So many people have their thoughts on this diet. So many thoughts. It might as well be a political party <laughs> or a political stance. And because of these thoughts on thoughts, on so many more thoughts, it's important to dish out the facts that the facts as well as the points of praise and criticism so that you can decipher it all for yourself. We just don't need another keto hating or keto loving piece floating around. 
We just don't. The keto diet is short for the ketogenic diet. And the idea behind this way of eating is that if you limit your carbohydrate intake and consume fats instead, this will put your body in a fasted state where it will burn ketones instead of glucose produced by eating carbs. The keto diet meal plan outlines a very specific formula. 60 to 75% of your meal should come from fat under the keto diet. 15 to 30% comes from protein, and 5 to 10% comes from carbs. And strictly following this specific formula after a week or two will literally put your body in ketosis, which is a metabolic state in which your liver produces a high number of ketones as an alternative fuel source for the brain. Because you're literally changing how your body is getting its energy sources, you're going to experience what's called keto flu, which comes with the following symptoms. Headache, foggy brain, fatigue, irritability, nausea, difficulty sleeping, and constipation. Now, before we get into the pros and cons, I'm sure you're wondering who the hell would come up with such an idea and why? (laughs) Well, Funny that you silently ponder this in your head because its faintest roots began in ancient Greece, of course, as it as a means to treat epilepsy, actually, and it started to pick up steam in the 1910s and 1920s as a serious means to treat epilepsy, especially in children. The spearheaders behind this movement was an osseo and an American osseo physician named. Hugh Conklin, and a Dr. M.G. Peterman. However, it's extremely important to note this right away. Even in the early part of the 20th century, this idea of a low-carb, high-fat diet was meant to be temporary. Temporary. (laughs) Like 18 to 25 days. And this time frame was called a fast to feel the initial results, emphasizing the idea that you go back to a less restrictive diet afterwards to notice the difference and initial benefits. And around this time, an anthropologist named Villa Jalmore, and I probably messed that up, but uh, Villa Jalmore uh, Stephenson lived with Eskimos for a year and touted their diet of essentially eating off meat Um, he also threw his hat in the ring to promote a more ketogenic diet. In the 1930s, a neurologist named Dr. Wilder Penfield just grabbed a hold of the keto diet and went with it, continuing to use it as as treatment for patients with epilepsy. By 1971, a neurologist named Peter Hutton Walker developed an adaptation of the keto diet, stating MCT, or medium-chain triglyceride oil, could be used as an alternative to powerful and unwanted anti-convulsant medication as a primary treatment for hard-to-control epilepsy. Then it went mainstream in the 1990s, disguised as the Atkins diet. (laughs) You know the diet that You know this diet because everyone and their grandma was on this diet. 
This diet was touted to correct type 2 diabetes and aid in weight loss, though there wasn't really any exact science or calculations behind the diet to put the body into ketosis. You just ended up eating a lot of protein and fat, and you actually were able to reintroduce yourself back to carbohydrates after adhering to a keto diet more, uh, or after adhering to this diet more long-term. So you didn't have like the keto flu trying to get back into it. You just we're on the Atkins diet and then you weren't. Um, the keto diet in its original form became extremely popular in the last few years. Everyone and their aerobics instructor is on keto and for longer than the 18 to 25 were originally recommended days and not for epilepsy. A lot of people are seeing how weight just melts off quickly and they stay on this diet long-term. I mean, I think at this point, a lot of us have either heard of the keto diet or have tried it. You can't escape the word keto. It's everywhere. Whether you like it or not, might as well talk about it, right? So what can you actually eat on the keto diet using the above mentioned formula to achieve ketosis? Well, for starters, non-starchy vegetables only. Leafy greens, cabbage, broccoli, cauliflower, peppers, and onions. Also full fat dairy, yogurt, milk, cheese products. For protein, beef, pork, fish, poultry, soybeans, eggs, and shellfish. For uh, nuts and seeds, you have walnuts, pistachios, sunflower and pumpkin seeds, and almonds. Fats, uh, both animal and plant-based. And then fruits in moderation because they can have carb content. Berries, avocado, rhubarb, and coconut. Now, let's get to the pros and cons. Just yesterday, <laughs> I received a keto newsletter in my inbox without ever asking for it. And it comes from myketodietlife.com. It's like Google knew I was researching keto and just gave me a newsletter. <laughs> this newsletter provided the pros of the keto diet, citing sources from the medium, healthline.com, drjockers.com, and medical news today. And what's to follow are these listed pros. One, weight loss, high fat, low carb diet. You burn fat at a faster rate than those on a high carb, low fat diet. Lower insulin levels by the low carb diet helps to remove excess water from the body. During ketosis, you experience reduced levels of hunger, effective and reducing visceral fat around the abdominal cavity. Now two, there is um, some supposed mental performance. There are reports and theories that the ketones produced from a low-carb diet are a much more efficient source of energy than glucose, which comes from sugars, starches, and carbohydrates in one form or another. There's also talk that the keto diet can improve cognitive impairment and even help with diseases such as Alzheimer's and Parkinson's. 
let alone the the epilepsy. Um, Omega-3s and omega-6s can be more balanced on this diet. And mitochondria production and uh, and adenosine triphosphate within the brain's memory cells are boosted. And three, reduced risk of chronic disease. Supporters of this diet claim that the keto diet reduces inflammation and improves mitochondrial function. In turn, it can help mitigate the risk of developing severe chronic diseases, including cancer. The theory is that normal cells are fed while the cancer cells starve, since there is no glucose to feed off of. And four, uh, the last benefit from this newsletter is improved blood pressure. There isn't much information on how the keto diet can improve blood pressure, just that it does compared to a low-fat diet. I'm assuming the assumption here is that if you're eating a low-fat diet, then you are in turn eating a high-carb diet that may or may not involve french fries and baked goods. Other sources such as Northwestern Medicine and uh, the Portland list benefits of the keto diet as well, including the rapid initial weight loss, eating full fat foods rather than the dreaded modified low fat foods, improving insulin sensitivity, and cutting out nearly all processed foods. And then there are cons of this diet that pour in from everywhere on the interwebs and then some. Everywhere from the Mayo Clinic to Healthline to even Wikipedia. What are these cons exactly? Well, for starters, the keto diet is difficult to sustain long term and really is meant to adhere to short term and at the most an intermittent burst due to its extremely limiting nature. And if you are on it long term and wean yourself off, Brace yourself for the keto flu again, which some people say it's worse than the initial keto flu transitioning into the diet. The calorie depletion and nutrient deficiency is also a con. You're not ingesting essential micronutrients and macronutrients um, such as carbohydrates that you'd usually ingest from all fruits, legumes, starchy vegetables, and whole grains. And because you're not ingesting these essential micro and macronutrients, you can perpetually have this keto flu, especially constipation, because you're not eating the fiber you need and your diet to poop. And because of this, the keto diet can drastically alter your gut microbiota, which can be beneficial in the short term if you're having a lot of digestive distress, though not beneficial for the long term because this limiting diet can cause a huge overgrowth of bad bacteria and not enough repopulation of the good bacteria you'd normally have from eating fibrous prebiotic foods. And three, um, though one of the benefits noted above was a positive impact on heart health and improved blood pressure, There is also evidence that the keto diet can also have negative impacts on heart health. 
The American Heart Association recommends limiting saturated fat intake to 5 to 6%. Now, as we learned in episode 18, not all fats are bad, though it is incredibly important to, dis- to decipher what are unsaturated and saturated fats. Eating fatty fish, avocados, nuts, seeds, and olive oils, they get you your unsaturated fats. However, there are a lot of keto recipes out there where the dishes are primarily cheese, full fat dairy, eggs, processed meats, red meat, and these are primarily saturated fats. Fats of which can increase the risk of cardiovascular disease. And four, uh, number four con, there's also a great renal risk from the keto diet due to the additional ketones the renal system has to process. So if you have a family history or risk of kidney disease, this may not be the diet for you even short, uh, even short term, as there have been reports of those with potential kidney disease having a required dialysis after being on this diet. Number five con is dehydration. Some people also experience dehydration on the keto diet because they're ridding their body of glycogen, which holds water from their bloodstream. And also the last con, which is a pretty important and significant con. Again, I do want to make sure that this is an objective piece, but like the other two episodes, I, this is also something to really stress and, and make sure that you know that this is a strong con. Um, with the keto diet can come from, can come food obsession and body dysmorphia. It can run rampant on the keto diet. And I've seen this firsthand. Um, yes, it can really help people with, uh, some, you know, illnesses they have, uh, as I stated above, but when you're on this diet, you're seeing results from sticking to the formula and you're pretty much fucked if you go off of, of, of it, uh, long-term due to the keto flu. So you stay on it because after the initial hump, you just feel great and you want to keep feeling great. You may also see the weight melt off and that makes you want to stick to the diet even more. So you're constantly tracking how much you eat and how much of each macronutrient ratio you're eating. All of that monitoring can take a psychological toll as well. Guilt and shame if you fall off the wagon, so to speak, or break away from the keto lifestyle, especially since the the diet is so popular. It's almost cult-like, so shame can run rampant if you're not keto enough. I didn't think that was an actual thing until I saw it myself. Some people who were actually on the keto diet actually are on a more Atkins-like or high-fat paleo diet, and they still call it keto because it's simpler and because of peer pressure. 
And some people really want the diet to continually have the effects it once had. So they stay on it, hoping for the weight to continue to melt off. It can all be highly disconcerting and really take away from the person eating intuitively, which is a theme I encourage throughout my podcast episodes, intuitive eating. Trusting your intuition with how and what you eat most definitely coincides with how you live the rest of your life. So if you're looking to stay on this diet long term, please be aware and I urge you to find a way of eating that feels more natural for you in the long term instead. So as you search high and low for a way of eating that suits your needs, I hope these last three episodes have helped more than confuse the hell out of you. (laughs) Because point blank, how and what you eat should be a vehicle in improving your overall health, not hurting it, no matter your health goals. I often lump in weight loss, gut health, and autoimmune health together because the psychological, emotional, and physical effects all stem from the same common themes. You either want to improve yourself or fix yourself. Highlighting diets and the intentions behind these diets the last three episodes has been an especially important mission of mine because as a human well above a health coach, my hope is that you look at improving your health as a way to stand in your truth and live your purpose. Feel healthy in a way that you know feels healthy. I've been there and done that. And never would want anyone to listen to my podcast episodes or come to me as a potential client and want to fix themselves. There's nothing broken about you that needs to be fixed. And I do not say this naively. There is nothing about you that needs to be fixed because your purpose is your own. Your truth and your potential is your own. I'm merely here to be that support and accountability system to help you get to where you want to be and your own unique quest for health and sustainability. I hope you've been able to take this information from today's episode and the two previous episodes in a way that you can make it your own. Take what you want, what inspires you to feel healthy and uniquely you. You owe that to yourself and only yourself. And if I've confused you and then some the last three episodes, please reach out and let me know. I'll be more than happy to help you on a health journey that serves you. Deep and Roots podcast covers elements of my one-on-one 90-day program that is founded on the concepts of acting out of abundance instead of fear and going for what serves you. From time to time, I'll also cover what speaks to me, what's important in the moment, who's influenced my work, and even bring you interviews with like-minded business owners. I also encourage you to reach out and let me know what else you'd like me to talk about. What moves you? What speaks to you? What serves you? Also, don't be shy. Visit my Facebook and Instagram pages by searching under Deepened Roots Health Coaching. 
There, you'll be able to check out the services I offer and book a complimentary wellness breakthrough session. Oh, and don't forget to join my newly reincarnated Facebook group named Busy Professionals Living with Gut Issues and Autoimmune Disease. I have weekly lives and conversations with the other group members that's more personal and interactive. Thank you so much for joining me, and I will see you next time.